So tonight we have uh, two stages that I prepared to discuss with you. And they are connected with the first one is the human experience. And that human experience about to go beyond its possibilities, which is the second experience. As far as the first session, section of Mahamudra is concerned, Mahamudra experience is concerned, it is uh, basic practice. And word Mahamudra literally means great symbol. Maha means great, mudra meaning symbol. In this case, when we are talking about symbolism, we are not talking in terms of uh, um, symbols like road signs, or billboards, or the traffic lights. But we are talking about a symbol that it does not represent other than itself. Expression, more likely than symbol. Welcome. You're listening to Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche, His Life as a Turtan. At the beginning of this episode, we heard Trungpa Rinpoche give a teaching in which he shares the meaning of the word Mahamudra. In this episode, we'll learn about one of Trungpa's most famous terma, the sadhana of Mahamudra. We'll also learn a bit about some of the other terma he uncovered during his time in North America. At the age of 20, in the spring of 1959, Trungpa Rinpoche fled Tibet for India. After spending more than six months on foot, he arrived on January 17, 1960, with only a few dozen members of his original party of several hundred. From 1960 to 1963, Trungpa studied in India. Trungpa Rinpoche then received a fellowship to study at Oxford University, and left with his teacher, Akong Rinpoche, in February of 1963. In 1967, the two of them created Samye Ling, the first Tibetan Buddhist monastery in Scotland. During his time teaching there, Trungpa found that although he had a group of dedicated students at the center, the traditional study of canonical texts did not prove very effective in his new context. He wasn't sure what exactly was being lost in translation, and he was uncertain how to best transmit Buddhism in this setting. As he recalled in Born in Tibet, quote, There was as yet no situation in which I could begin to make a full and proper presentations of the teachings of Buddhism, end quote. In June of 1968, he traveled to Bhutan in response to an invitation by the Queen of Bhutan. There, he visited some of his close teachers before heading into retreat at the fabled cliffside monastery of Paro Tatsang. This is the most famous of the 13 different places called Tatsang, where Padmasambhava is said to have manifested as his wrathful emanation, Dorje Jrolo. Trungpa Rinpoche describes Tatsang as the place where, quote, over a thousand years ago, Guru Rinpoche, 
first manifested himself in the wrathful form of Dorje Drollo and subjugated evil forces before entering Tibet. Unquote. Trungpa also reported how he could feel the distinct presence of Padmasambhava in the shrines and caves there. It was known that many terma had been hidden there. It was during this retreat that Trungpa Rinpoche revealed the mind terma known as the sadhana of Mahamudra. During the retreat, Trungpa said, quote, I invoked Guru Rinpoche and the Kagyu forefathers to provide a vision for the future. Initially, when his supplications went unanswered, he began to doubt that he was in the right place. Towards the end of the retreat, he broke down one night and drank heavily. He reports letting out a great scream, which apparently helped open his receptivity. The next morning, the sadhana of Mahamudra came through over the course of hours. John Baker, a student of Trungpa's and a founding member of Naropa, reads Trungpa's version of the story at a teaching in 2018. The first line of the sadhana came into my head about five days before I wrote the sadhana itself. Taking refuge at the beginning, which is what we do, the first thing you do in the sadhana is we take refuge. Taking refuge at the beginning kept coming back to my mind with a ringing sound earth, water, fire, and all the elements. That's the uh, the first line. The first line you say, namo, earth, water, fire, and all the elements. Namo means so hark or hail. That passage began to come through. I decided to write it down. It took me altogether about five hours to write the whole thing. During the writing of the sadhana, I didn't, didn't particularly have time to think of the next line or what to say about the whole thing. Everything just came through, very simply and very naturally. I felt as if I had already memorized the whole thing. If you're in that situation, you can't manufacture something. But if the inspiration comes to you, you can record it. Trungpa Rinpoche's student, Kunga Dawa, was with him on that retreat. After Rinpoche wrote down the sadhana in Tibetan, Kunga Dawa and Trungpa set out to create an English translation together. Here is a story as told by Kunga Dawa. Quote, Towards the end of our retreat, the sadhana of Mahamudra arose in Rinpoche's mind, and the main part of it was written down very quickly. Several more days were spent in refining and polishing. We began translating it into English almost immediately, although most of the work was done after we had come down the mountain from Tatsang and were staying in a guest house belonging to the queen's mother on the outskirts of Timpu. Here's how the process worked, more or less, and you should understand that I don't speak or read Tibetan. Word by word and phrase by phrase, Rinpoche would explain the meaning to me, as far as his vocabulary allowed. From those basic building blocks of meaning, it became possible to construct the English-language version of the sadhana. I tried to create something that would transmit the dharma in a powerful and poetic way, utilizing the natural cadences and rhythms of spoken English.
For example, Rinpoche would say something like, All namtak is thoughts, disappear, shunyata, like a bird in the sky, doesn't make, how would you say, footprints. Not like a horse or man walking in snow, but same idea. And this, after a few tries, would give rise to all thoughts vanish into emptiness, like the imprint of a bird in the sky. Later, I saw that same simile translated as like the traceless path of a bird in the sky, which I think is pretty good. I chose the word imprint because it gives the echo or faint suggestion of footprint, so carries the resonance of that image into the dimension of space. Perhaps the Dakinis inspired our work together. Rinpoche seemed to think that they were taking an active interest, at least. While we were staying in that guest house, tremendous rainstorms and floods caused landslides and destroyed roads and bridges so that we were unable to travel. Rinpoche commented, This is the action of the Dakinis, making sure we don't leave until the translation is finished. End quote. There was something special about the way the English translation occurred. In the future, Trungpa Rinpoche refused to allow any major revisions of the English version due to what he called the special, quote, terma-like quality of the translation. According to Buddhist scholar Eben Yonetti, the unique quality of the English practice text has been recognized by several other Tibetan teachers one of whom referred to it as, quote, the absolute best translation, end quote, because it completely transferred the meaning of the original into a new language and context. Thus, the sadhana of Mahamudra became an important multilingual treasure text that ultimately played a significant role in the transmission of Vajrayana Buddhism to the West. In Dragon Thunder, Rinpoche's wife, Diana Mukpo, describes it as, quote, one of the most powerful practices we have because of how it directly addresses human issues and the problems of human life, end quote. The sadhana of Mahamudra provides a direct line to past enlightened masters. It contains profound teachings, quote, tailored to the historical context of its revelation that are replete with the blessings of Padmasambhava, end quote. Although Rinpoche never spoke of it as a terma text, in 1984 he eventually agreed with the Nalanda Translation Committee that it was indeed a mind terma. It is regarded as a treasure text that specifically reveals the Dharma in a way that is suited to the Western context. It became a central practice in the world of Shambhala Buddhism and is still seen that way today. Here is the opening invocation. Namo, earth, water, fire, and all the elements, the animate and the inanimate, the trees and the greenery, and so on, all partake of the nature of self-existing equanimity, which is quite simply what the great wrathful one is. In the spontaneous wisdom of the trikaya, I take refuge with body, speech, and mind in order to free those who suffer at the hands of the three lords of materialism, 
and are afraid of external phenomena, which are their own projections, I take this vow in meditation. In a period of five years, from 1976 to 1981, while residing in various places in North America, Trungpa received seven terma texts, which comprise the core teachings for what would become Shambhala. During his 1976 seminary, Trungpa discovered the root terma text called The Golden Sun of the Great East. During that time, he was allegedly looking for a symbol that would express enlightenment. All he knew was that it was black and monolithic. Then, one night during the seminary, he received the, quote, gesture of primordial confidence, end quote, the calligraphy stroke, the ashe. In Carolyn Gimeon's memoir about this evening, she reports that Trungpa had his students listen to different pieces of music for a long time, including Handel's water music. She writes, quote, then during the night, he listened to Handel's water music again and again. The atmosphere changed and became more and more intense, as if there was going to be an explosion. As dawn approached, the Dorje Dradul asked for a brush, ink, and paper. He then produced a stroke of quite extraordinary power. He realized that something crucial was happening, end quote. A few days later, Rinpoche suddenly started to write on some note cards and began tossing them over his shoulder, some falling to the floor. This turned out to be the first Shambhala Terma, the golden sun of the Great East, that described the significance of the stroke of Ashe and how to execute it. After that, other Terma texts were revealed in the following years, such as the Letter of the Black Ashe, Letter of the Golden Key that Fulfills Desire, and the Scorpion Seal of the Golden Sun. When asked where these texts came from, Rinpoche said that they were dictated to him by the Rigdans, quote, monarchs of the ancient kingdom of Shambhala, a society in which the cultural forms and institutions were based on the Buddhist notion of egolessness and compassion, and in which the citizens aspired to awakening. End quote. Shambhala was, in Rinpoche's understanding, the embodiment of enlightened society. In the next episode, we'll sit down with senior Shambhala teacher, Acharya Judith Simmer Brown, who shares with us her insights on Trungpa, both as a Turtan and as her personal teacher. Thank you for listening. <laughs>